Gary. Yo. Did you see uh, Hard Knocks last night? I've never seen an episode of Hard Knocks in my life. <laughs> never. I lived it. Why would I want to watch that foolishness on TV? Oh, my man. Never change. I can always count on you, ED. can always count on <laughs> you. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show. Make sure, uh, before we get into that, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We're located wherever you listen to or download your podcast. If there's a like button, go ahead, hit that like button. Uh, Go ahead, give us a review. Um, Also, hit us up on social media. Um, On Twitter, I'm at rhaylock. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on the old Instagram, I'm at watchrayray. And ED is at underscore bump and run. We did a, a story time with ED Instagram edition uh, last week, at the end of last week. So that's still on there. You can go check out uh, that on uh, on my Instagram page, at Watch Ray Ray. Um, and ED talked about a little bit of the stuff we talked about on the show last week from an injury standpoint, but also some other uh, nuggets in there that you don't want to miss. Um, as far as today's show, Hard Knocks last night, uh, ED didn't watch mm-hmm. it, of course. No, and uh, and I knew he didn't watch it. Uh, I knew you didn't watch how, it. How did you know that? Be, I, we, I, re, I recall us having this conversation. Uh, it was around this time last year, and and so I I, I just figured I, if, if you're anything if, if you're anything you're consistent, you know. And I uh, try to be. Yeah. yeah. And and so um and so I I just kind of just kind of tapped into that um figuring I would you know you you sometimes you ask the questions and you already know what the answers are going to be mm-hmm. um so yeah that that, that was kind of what that was about um and but first Trent Williams says he's fitting right in with these uh 49ers uh 49ers of course have opened up training camp or some semblance of it uh, during this COVID-19 uh pandemic uh but Trent Williams says you walk into the the facility you walk into the building, the culture that's been created there by Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, uh, it just feels different. Um, and so he's very uh, excited about that, and he says he's fitting right in. Obviously, he knows a lot of the lingo. He knows, you know, he has he has a rapport with uh, with with Kyle Shanahan from their days together in Washington. He had, he had a couple uh, major points. The first one, the the fitting in concept. I want to touch on that first. Ed, he says you walk in the building, you just feel a different vibe. And I've I've heard you talk about this before. How it's it, it's kind of it's kind of what it is, right? There's an expectation there, right? You 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 guys had it with with your teams with the Niners, where you you just felt it, right? There there was this expectation yeah. that that you guys were going to do something special, and and it was nothing less than that. How like what's that like when you're entering training camp and you have that sort of a feeling compared to maybe some of your other years where you know you walked into training camp and maybe you guys had a little different teams down there in Carolina. Uh, well, you know what, you know, I'll tell you something. It's funny that both of those teams, that was part of the reason why I went to Carolina, uh, because the belief, um, from top to bottom ownership all the way down, um, was about winning. That was, that was really one of the things and that was part of the reason they wanted to be there to help them establish that. Uh, but I'm going to start just with the Niners. Um, as far as walking into the building, what Trent is talking about, well, first of all, he walked into the building. He didn't see flames. He didn't see smoke. Um, he's leaving a dumpster fire. Okay. That's what that's what he's leaving some hot garbage. And when you're around there, you know it. Um, and I can go to Detroit when I played in Detroit. 
Uh, I was very fortunate. I, I, you know, I went from the Niners, a good organization, to the Panthers, a good organization, to the Denver Broncos, good organization, all of them really good organizations in the way they treat the players, the way they treat the staff, everything, good organizations. Got to Detroit, completely different feel. Uh, you walk into the building and it's a, it's a lot of selfishness. It's a lot of me. It's, it's, and, and that starts from the top down. Um, one of the most telling things about that organization when I got there was um, picture day. We'll never forget it. Picture day. We took the team photo. Picture day. Yes, we took the team photo. And while we were taking the team photo, there were a few chairs that were empty. So we all get up, we line up, we take the team photo like you do every single year. But there were empty chairs. And then as we finished the photo, we were walking out. And we were doing this in the bubble, in the indoor bubble, where we took the picture as we were walking out, and there's like this this track up at the top of it. Um, and we were walking out, and I looked up, and I saw some individuals up there and everything. And then, and I was like, oh, I recognize them. So we went on in, back into the locker room, and I said, let me see if what's happening is what I think is happening. I walked back out, I look inside, and now here are the Fords sitting in the chairs. The and owners, that told the me, owners that of the told, franchise. That told me everything I need to know about that organization. When you couldn't come down, you didn't want to be with the worker bees superimposed it into the photo. They wouldn't even come and sit and take the pictures with us. No so that's what I'm saying about the way things are set up for an organization top down. Eddie D, um, hell, I've been to his house. My kids have been to his house. Um, I mean, he, <laughs> you know what I mean? Trips on them and, and all sorts of things that he, that he would do for me and for my family. I mean, he's bought pets for my kids through the years. Here's a delivery, and I got birds and parrots and everything else coming. Um, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? This the courtesy of Mr. D to the kid. It, it's a real thing when people say there's a family feel where everyone cares about one another. You feel it. It's tangible. It's also a tangible feeling when you walk into a room and you understand that the standard is excellence. And that's how it was when I was there. It's not we hope we can win. It's not um, if we are perfect, we can win. It's like we have a system. Do what you're supposed to do, and you will be successful. A very interesting. The one thing stands out to me about all that ED is the fact that the Fords were superimposed in the picture. I mean, I, I didn't even know. You know, yeah. I thought Photoshop yeah. was fairly new. Look at me. I'm I'm so behind. Uh, in technology. <laughs> well, I mean, it was not that. It was 2002. Like, come on, you had like you had like I played in black and white. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I don't, I don't remember using Photoshop back then. Well, I mean, I don't, Bruh, even, I don't even use I, it now. So, I mean, I am not from Bedrock. Okay, I'm not a Flintstone. Well, that, that's that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, we got a little breaking news. Uh, Ed. Um, okay. As we're recording this pod here, uh, there's a report coming out now from Grant Cohn. Sports Illustrated saying that George Kittle will sign a contract extension or it'll it'll be announced six years, ninety four point eight million dollars to be announced on Friday. That's roughly about oh. fifteen per year. Uh twenty five million dollar signing bonus, forty seven million guaranteed. This is a lot higher than um, what we've discussed previously on this pod. Now, there's some disputes out there. Michael Silver, of course, you you, you know, um, over from the NFL Network, uh, is saying that they're working on a contract. They're making progress. Um, okay. But nothing uh, is is in stone right now. But he is on track to be the highest paid tight end in league history. So, 
some disputing there between the reporters. We've seen this before, but um, if this is true, if this holds up, a little bit more than what we talked about. 15 per? Uh, uh, yeah, almost 16. Yeah. Um, almost 16 per, which, uh, you you know what? We all know that Kittle's going to end up being the highest paid tight end in the league. That right there is not the issue. It's how much more. So you're going – so that's six – so this is my thing. That's $6 million because the next highest guy is what, $10 million? Yeah, we're about 10 that, Yeah, Austin that's Hooper. Six, that's $6 million worth of cap space that you just gave away. So here comes the beginning. This is the beginning of salary cap issues. This is the beginning. Just know that. That's all. If that's the case, it's going it, – I, I said it. It's going to affect the window, your championship window. So you better win a championship here in the next season or so because you are going to not be able to keep some of your star players – that's a given. That happens. You, you saw, and if you think I'm lying, Defoe's already gone because that's part of the planning. You know you can't keep everybody, but you're going to have to start losing guys because you just simply won't have the salary cap space. And you're going to have to let good players go because other teams are going to pay them. You got to decide. And there are certain positions that you, you don't have to overpay by that much. Um. And and shame on the team that does overpay those positions, and, and that's that's just that's just the way I see it. Even you, you think about the great run that the Patriots had, that great run that they've had, um, and Gronk at the time was considered the highest paid tight end. He was never ever completely out of line. He was the highest paid, but he was never completely out of line with the other tight ends in the league. That's, that's yeah. what you just did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's, that, if that, well, if, 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 this, that's if this if this is the case, um, obviously yeah. it's something that we'll we'll keep an eye on. Um, and if if this does yeah. happen this week, obviously next week's pod. But uh, who knows? Could could show yeah, up on. Yeah, we'll uh, see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll talk about that because you know what? Because I'm sitting here thinking about how they're gonna operate cause because, um, you know, the GM and head coach have never had to operate in the landscape where they didn't have the salary cap room and those weren't concerns and, and you know, things like that. So um, let's just see, because this is a hypothetical because you got reporters um, fighting right now. They're, they're fighting, the they're truth. fighting each other yeah. right now. You yeah, know, so the, let's just the scribes wait. are going at each other with their, with their pen and paper. Yeah. Let's get back to uh, somebody looking for you. See, there you go. There you go. There you go. You, you didn't even piss somebody off. Uh, uh, but you know what? But see, they're just honking. Normally, with you is normally sirens. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, me and my daughter went on a, our morning walk yesterday. We were at the corner for five minutes because there was a, a host of fire trucks just trying to get up and down the street, and people didn't even have the audacity to stop. Like the fire truck actually had to stop because he almost got into an, an accident. Meanwhile, we we walk further and further yeah. away from from the curb. Um, yes, you know, that, it's funny because people eventful. don't realize that people don't realize that's an LA thing. Yeah, that is truly an LA thing. Uh, where uh, you know, if a fire truck is coming, ambulance, anything, now, people pull over for cops, but an ambulance, fire truck, that that's just they a minor let, they inconvenience to die. people. Right? Yes. They will let you die before pulling yeah. over to the right. Yeah, well, they will to. not pull over. Uh-uh. They, I mean, I, I have seen so many people almost just get T-boned. Uh, yeah, <laughs> almost, fire I, almost saw it yesterday. Fire, fire truck actually had to hit the brakes. Um, I want to jump back to Trent, Trent Williams for a bit. He 
pointed out um he he point he pointed out Nick Bosa. He said Nick Bosa is going to be uh, very instrumental in him, just in terms of getting his legs back underneath him, just in terms of getting back in the flow, getting back in the rhythm. I believe it. Obviously, it's been, you know, 12, 14 months. You know, he's been out and away from football. And remember, we talked about this a while back, how Bosa was excited about the opportunity to go up against Trent every day. And Trent's now saying, look, you got a, a top four or five uh, rush in that I get to go up against every mm-hmm. day now in practice. Um, he, he is stoked about that. And I mean, this is—I mean, this is something that I mean, you—you—you you, you can speak to this obviously because all, all those battles that that you and Jerry had during practice, um, you know, during during your time uh, in the colors. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it's you know, it's cliches, but iron sharpens iron. You get to see how good you can be. You get to go against someone who's not going to take a playoff, who's who is determined to win. Every rep, they're trying to win every single rep. So you learn to work at that. That becomes your norm, that standard, that that pace, uh, that intensity, uh, that focus. That that becomes the norm, and you get accustomed to playing that way. And the and the things that you do wrong, and it's not. And, and the the greatest part about it is not what you do correctly, because you expect to do it. You expect to make the play. I'm, I, and and Trent and, and both of going against one another. Both of them are planning to win. I planned on winning the rep against Jerry. So when I won the rep, I wasn't shocked. It wasn't a, a you know, pat me on the back out of where I was expecting it. The great part about it and the great learning is every mistake you make is accentuated, is highlighted 100%. You know when you take a false step. You know when your eyes are in the wrong place, when your hands are in the wrong place, because you're going against someone who will take full advantage of it. And it and it teaches you to not make those mistakes, to not put yourself in that situation. Also, because you're a human being, you're going to do things. How do I recover? How do I still try to get within this rep and win this rep or sometimes? It's not even about winning. Like, you got me on that one. But how do I minimize the pain that I'm about to cause my team? Yeah. Would you guys talk and, about that? Did, did you guys, like, oh, trade, yeah. like, like oh, yeah. share trade yes. secrets? Like, yes. he get inside the mind of, of, a, of a corner, you get inside the mind of a wide receiver? Absolutely. Jerry, if Jerry ran the route, Jerry ran the route, we'll come out, we're doing things um, almost daily walking off the, off the field. It would we'd have conversation and then he wanted to know, like, how did you know I was doing this? And what did you see right there? And how did you know I was getting ready to break down? And what was it about this stem or on my release? Like, what made you what made you stay there? I was doing all this shaking and guys normally get out of the way. Why did you not move? What is it that you saw that made you stay right there? And that that's that's what you do. And, and that's that's the part of having that team. So let's go back to the original thing. When you walk into this organization, you walk into this building and you have a group of dudes that understand that excellence is the standard. A championship is all that we are after. And I need everybody to be at that level. Guys don't mind telling you this is what I'm seeing. Because it's not about me. Remember we talking about selfishness? You go into places and you have selfish people and you have, you know, that's from the top down. Everyone's trying to take care of themselves. You, you can't win big like that. 
you don't have guys you can't have guys that are saying i have to make certain that i look good on film that i win all the time that i um, know how to do this better than my backup as opposed to teaching your backup how to not go you know step on a landmine when you already have been there and you know like guy don't do that because this is the result you're going to blow yourself up so you have those conversations with guys and you talk to them without the fear of setting yourself up. It's like, we're going to continue to compete. Yeah. I'm going to continue to work hard. So of course I want to tell you everything I possibly can. Um, I got to work against that guy. And, you know, and one of the, one of the best compliments I ever got was, you know, when people were talking about, you know, working with the guys and what do you do and everything. And, and I, and I said, you know, going against Jerry, you know, it's competition at the highest level. I had the opportunity to play against some great guys, but working against Jerry every day, you're going to get better or get cut. And, and, um, and I said, I like to think that I got better and I like to think that I made him better. And Jerry chimed in on this and came back to me and he told me, I appreciate everything you did for me. You did make me better. And I appreciate how hard you made me work. And I appreciate the things you helped me learn. So that's, that's, that's what it was about, man. We were trying, we were trying to maximize the ability that we had. That, that's it. Whatever, whatever we had, we were trying to top out, top out. Everybody's not a hall of famer, but everybody is good. You don't make it to the league if you're not good. So now it's about consistency. As you said before, if I'm not anything, I'm not consistent. Yeah. I, you know, I'm consistent, <laughs> that, that, you know, that and, is and, for that's, sure. and that's, and that's the thing. Bosa more so than Trent. Trent has shown over his career that he's that dude. Bosa is going to benefit tremendously from this. Um, and, because, I, and I think the, the faithful in general too are going to benefit, right? You yeah, got, you got, yeah. You, you got one of the top quarterback protectors in the league. And then you got one of the top quarterback uh, go getters mm-hmm. in, in the league in, in Bosa. And so, um, I, I think I mean I, I think this is paramount. I, I think that I think that it's huge. Uh, you 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 touched on it. Both both of these guys and Bosa. I mean, it's not both. It's not like Bosa had a slouch in front of him um, because he had he, yeah, had, he Joe had Joe Staley, Staley before. Right? He had Joe. <laughs> and so that's what I'm saying. And and that's why you see it is like into my situation. I mean, I I had really really good guys as a young player. I had really good quarterbacks. That, that could place the ball exactly where they wanted to. I mean, the wide receivers I'm going against with Jerry and John um, Taylor on the regular, uh, you, you know, you had to be on your game. It's, it's only going to get better. And then the minds that you had as offensive coordinators between Mike Holmgren and Shanahan, and um, you, you had to, you had to be prepared for all of the craziness and the, and the pick routes and, and, you know, the drag routes and crazy formations and all these things. So they made you think football and, and be on your job at all times and focused. And that's what Bosa is going to have as a young player. He, he's going to have an opportunity every day to work at the highest level, like, like game day. Yeah. And I said all the time, there was, there was no way I was worried about people like, who was you worried about? Like, I wouldn't worry about anybody on Sunday. Right. I want to get Jerry and John Taylor every day. <laughs> Like, well, I'm worried about somebody. Like, is Michael Irvin good? Yes, he was good. Was Chris Carter good? Yes. And Irvin, we can go down and they, were they good? Yes. Was I worried? No. Yeah. There's, there's, Why would I there's worry? Level, there's levels to this, right? Yes. 
Um, yes. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Uh, speaking of Nick Bosa, his older brother Joey – uh, was uh, a featured segment on your favorite show last night, E.D. Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks uh, is doing training camp with. Oh, so the Chargers the, are on Hard Knocks. The, I guess, so. yeah, the Chargers and the Rams. It's, it's an L.A. It's an L.A. story. So they're they're oh, at, well, they're see, at both I, campuses. I, yeah, I had I had no idea. This is groundbreaking no in the history of Hard Knocks, E.D. And and you're sleeping on this. Why is that? What's, well, what's groundbreaking? They're at two different. Um, or they're inside two different organizations. You know, normally it's just one team. You got your Bengals, you got your Rams, you got, you know, whoever. Chiefs, remember that being being a good one. Uh, the Jets, uh, who could forget, you know, Rex Ryan and, 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 and all of his, uh, all of his, everything. I mean, but, but the, the snack reference, oh, that that's one of the all-time greatest moments in, in hard knock history. And, uh, and, see, and, and, and I, you I'm know, talking I've, to you I've right now, and, and you have yeah. you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? I have no idea. <laughs> I've heard some of the references at times, but I I tr- I've never seen Hard Knocks. I've never seen it. I, I just I just have no desire to see it. I know what training camp is like, and the other part of it, I also <laughs> know I also know that no one is themselves on television in situations like that. One one of the things after working in TV almost 15 years that I realized very few people are themselves when a camera comes on, even on the reality television. Yeah, though, though the, the people aren't themselves. They don't act like when they know a camera is there. That red light comes so, on. It's different. It's different. Yeah, people act people act different. Yeah. Even, even, and you think about it. I always say how sports are the truest form of uh, reality, reality television. TV, yeah. Um, and guys are different. There are guys that are completely, and you hear it all the time about a practice player and a game they got. There, there are guys that when they know that red light is on, they can't do the things that they normally do because their head gets all crazy and, and they think about it and they worry about how it's going to look and, and, and they get, they, they focus on that instead of just being themselves. So that's another reason why I'm like, you know, stuff is phony in my opinion, but that's just me. That's just me. I, you know. Well, it, you know, it's all right. Cause I, cause I, I, dude, I went to training. I went to thirteen training camps. Yeah, most of the stuff that happens in training camp, there's no way they're gonna show it on film. Mm. There's no way. I don't care if it's HBO, Cinemax. I don't. I don't care where it is. They're not. Gonna, they're not gonna show it. They're not gonna talk about it. Because nobody. Because they don't want those things out. They so, don't want. So those are you telling me that this hard knocks, this all access behind the scenes coverage that we get year in and year out, that so many people have fallen in love with, is filtered? It, I, you didn't hear from me. <laughs> hey, come on, man. It, it's, it's, it's just like it's just like the cameras. That, it's just like the microphone they have on players doing the game. They they let they let you hear what they want you to hear after they've gone through and screened it. They don't let you hear everything guys are saying. Come on, man. Oh, man. They're wow. not gonna do that. Grab and co- and coaches blown. aren't gonna do it. Coaches are, there is no way coaches are going to let you know everything that's going on and see everything that's going on. No, they're going to give you access to certain things, and they're going to let guys know that when you see a camera around, guys, chill out, okay? Chill out. That's it. You know, like there are some guys, you can't be you. You can't. There is no way they could have kept a camera around Tim Harris, Charles Haley. Greg Cox, I can I can keep I can go with you guys. <laughs> there is there is no way 
No way. Well, there there really is a reason I brought up Hard Knocks, and it wasn't just to hear this terrific rant um, that 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 you're going on right now. The okay, the so thing, tell me about Hard Knocks. So the go. thing that stuck out to me is this looks nothing. And I I have zero experience on training camp other than what I've seen on Hard Knocks. But this looks nothing like training camp to me. It looks like you know a, a mini camp or some off season workout. Guys are in 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 shorts. Um, obviously with the NFL rules, no pads for three weeks. Things are a lot different because of what's going on um, with with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But something that that really stuck out to me is this season may really end up just being a battle of attrition. Anthony Lynn said something that I thought was really profound in the sense that every week we have two opponents, right? It's COVID and it's whoever it is on our, our schedule is what he told his team uh, during one of their Zoom meetings. And mm. and then to take that even a step further, they talked a, a great deal about the Marlins. Uh, remember how they had the 18 players uh, yeah. come down with, with COVID, but also there's a new story about the Cleveland Indians. This wasn't in Hard Knocks, but Cleveland Indians had had to send two of their players home because um, they went out mm-hmm. at, during during one night in, in a, a game at, at – they were in Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, this really could be – Two things like it may not necessarily do with talent, coaching, exits and O's. I know we made a big deal about how many players the the Niners are returning this season and, and how that turnover rate is 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 very is very slim. But mm-hmm. ultimately, like if we're able to get through an entire season, this may be a, a battle of two things: attrition and discipline. Um, like like who? Which, like, can I, but can I say something though? That's mm-hmm. unlike any other season. That's every season. Every season. Every season but is I think about it, attrition I think it, it's, and discipline. It's heightened. It's even more elevated well, now. I, I, this, I can give you year. that. I can give you that because of the um, COVID. Because of COVID. But let me just put it to you this way. And this is where you have to you have to file COVID under health. At any point in any football season, is health not an issue? The health of the players. Oh, it's a hundred percent. I mean, we saw no, that's what we I'm saw saying. Jimmy G the year before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ob- yeah. absolutely. So that's so so that's what I'm saying. So the reason that you're not able to play is irrelevant. The, you are you are you available to play on game day is the biggest issue. Then that that I mean that is the biggest thing. Are you available? That's that. Your availability is the most important thing. Your best ability that, is availability for football. That's the that's the number one thing. Are you available to play now? Are you able to perform? So those those are that's no different than any other season. Really, it's not. So I mean, you can look. You can the focus and the discipline to take care of your body, to do the things that you're supposed to do, to stay out of trouble. To it's yeah, that's just one of those things that you always deal with, and every team deals yeah, with. But, but I've heard and, you talk about like how you and your teammates would, you know, during training camp or whatnot, you guys may go over to the watering hole and, and just kind of yeah, hang out, yeah. you know, a little bit. Like yes, even that's because th- we could. things. But, but yeah, no, but even things as minimal as that, like that well, can't well, but, be done listen, now today. Oh, th- and that's fine because guess what? That's because we could. So since we can't. Since we couldn't go out and do those things now, we wouldn't. We were able to do it. We could. Our coaches would tell us. I mean, Pete Carroll, when he was my defensive coordinator, well, he would literally tell us, guys, go have some beers between practice. He would tell us because he knew we were up in Brooklyn. It's 115 degrees. Ooh. You're too tired. You're too tired to eat. You didn't want it. So he was like, keep weight on you. 
guys, go in there, grab some nachos, some pizza, some something, drink some beer. You guys got to keep your weight up. Because I, I'm, I mean, not not lying. I would lose eight, ten pounds one practice. One practice? Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. If I lost you have eight to, realize, to ten pounds. You have I'd to vanish. Well, you have to realize at that time you're also dealing with guys that body fat is less than five percent. I was like a two percent body fat guy. So, so you're just burnt. You're just burning <laughs> through. You're burning through muscle, and that's 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 what you're dealing with when you're dealing with professional athletes. So when you're out there, it's just all the fluids in your body is just going in in that heat. So it was like you had to do something, and you really do. You get after after a few weeks. Those endorphins from the two a days, which these guys may not go through as much because they don't have the true two a days like we used yeah. to. But those endorphins would build up, and you couldn't sleep, you wouldn't be hungry, you wouldn't want to eat. And you know, I'd, I'd go into camp, I'd go into camp, and they always wanted—I don't know why it was the weirdest number—they'd always have me come into camp at one ninety-two, and I would leave camp less than one seventy. Wow. And that was that was every year. And then I try to get by the time we start the season, um, I try to get my weight back up, you know, between one eighty one eighty five. How long would that take? Um, it would it wouldn't take long. I mean, it would it would you know, it was just like the routine. I, you know what? To be honest about it, I don't even remember. I even think about it. Huh. I was just just try to I would just try to be above one eighty by the time the games started. You know, by just, week by week know. one. You're saying, yeah, I, yeah, I would just try to because we would always break camp, you know, and you'd have a couple of weeks or something. And I would always just try to get get because once we got out of that heat, we got back to Santa Clara. It wasn't bad. Um, and and the, you're not doing the tour days and everything. So your body is not as drained from all those things. You, you just kind of get back to normal and things settle in and you get back to your normal weight. Because actually, because at that time, 190 was heavy for me. Um, above 190 was heavy for me. So, I, I mean, I didn't play that that heavy. Um, but yeah, so, so, I mean, this is, it, it, it is whoever handles the situation and, and is disciplined about it, but that's every year you try to do the things to stay healthy. You try to stay on top of it. You try to keep yourself out of situations that you don't need to be in. You can look at going out to dinner, just like you like guys, you can look at guys going out to a club. They don't need to be in. And there are team players like guys. I, I remember up in Detroit when I was playing, I'll go back to Detroit. I remember playing up in Detroit and cats came back. And coaches had literally told these dudes, you need to stay away from this. And I remember Oz Akeem, and, and I can't think of the other receiver's name right now. They come back with bullet holes in their car because they decide to go hang out at this spot. And that's why I'm like, that's, like, that's just a bad choice. Detroit what? <laughs> Detroit what? <laughs> Dude, Detroit, that's that's a gully city, man. Come, that's a, that's, 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 that's that's a rough place. That's that's a rough so, place. So, right so I, I've heard. I've, I've I've never been. Um, I, I think it's going to it's 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 already is interesting. And we've talked about how it just doesn't quite feel that way. And even watching Hard Knocks Hard Knocks last night, it didn't really feel like training camp. And of course, they're not going to be any preseason games. So, um, we won't we, we won't see guys really until yeah. until week one. How? I mean, obviously in college, right? There's there's no preseason, right? You just go straight to week one, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and then you get to the league, and then you got to play in these preseason games. And um, I know for the fans, they don't particularly care for the games too much. Like it, like is it? Did you notice a big difference between playing, you know, not having any preseason games, you know, in college versus you know having to go through that preseason? 
slate? Like, like, did you notice a noticeable difference in terms of like what you needed or or it being beneficial um, for you to be ready? Week one. Um, well, it's different. Two things different. I'm the wrong guy because number one, uh, like I say, in college you went through, you have your your deal, and you go and you play. And remember, that's the way it's always been. You never had preseason games in Pop Warner or high school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you don't know any different. Um, so now you go to the pros and you're coming in and they say you have these games it's for you. I mean, it's really, it's just a football game. They just say it's a football game. It's not until you, it's not. A, so you come in as a rookie. You don't know any different. You don't know any you, different you, you're, right. you're just playing, you're doing, and then it's a game. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's a football game. So you've been practicing and now you have a football game and they, they call it a preseason game, but it's a football game. Um, now when you go back, afterwards when you know once you've gone through your rookie year you go back and you realize okay the pace of this is different um the prep for this is different the way i'm looking at it because remember as a rookie you're trying to learn the playbook you're you're gauging these guys you have the pressure of playing in this league and sometimes in your head like this is my dream and i'm trying all those things are happening but after you've gone through that you go back and you realize okay they don't have a game plan in we don't have a game plan as a rookie, wait a minute, you feel like you're game planning because you're still trying to learn the defense or the offense or things like that. So it does. It, it, for the young guys, it won't be any different. The veteran guys, um, there may be somewhat of a difference, but it won't be a major difference. Reason being, they don't play anyway. Yeah, especially now, like they yes, like it used to be. It used to be preseason week three, right? Was like the. The major yeah. dress rehearsal and guys will play, you know, even oh, well, well I can into tell the you, third uh, quarter, right? Now I can they tell didn't you do that what, anymore. Uh, well, we didn't even do that when I played. When I was with the Niners, we didn't play. George Schieffer was going to let the starters. Once you got into the starting lineup, you were going to play 10 reps. He he may let you play a couple of – like the opening series. You And, and if that lasted too long – because you know that was it. Like we, if we, there were times if we went out, if we went three and out on defense, like on offense, if the offense went out there and they had a nice drive going and they scored, they're definitely not coming going back out. If they went out and went three and out, he may Put say, "Okay, I'm gonna let you guys have one more series." The same with us on defense. If we went out, if we went out and a team started driving and they were moving the ball on us, oh, I, I, you might get ten reps, and he's like, "Get off the field." If you went three and out. He may say go back out there, and you go three and out again, or if a drive you you're coming out. But I mean, it was it was nobody was playing more than 15 plays. No, no I mean out of, out of the starters, it was it was it was rare. Like the offense could possibly do it if they had a long drive going. Defensively, he was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, because he didn't even care if a team was doing something because we're not game planning for him. Yeah. And the guys that he has out on the field, he already knows that you can play. So if things aren't working out, it's not like he's looking at it like, okay, this guy's not any good. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, really. So I, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal for the teams that are prepared for that. Every so this is so this is the important part. Is it an organization where the coaching staff understands how to practice like pros? Every coach doesn't know that. Every team, every team does not know how to perform 
at game pace. Yeah, how to actually yeah. play game speed, work at game speed. Well, Anthony Lynn um, was saying that to his rookie quarterback last night, yes, uh, Justin yes. Herbert. He, they were going through a walkthrough. He was like, don't don't be fooled by this walkthrough. Like, you still have to go through your reads. You still have yes. to go through your progressions. Yes, you go through your progressions. You do everything at game pace every single time you do it. And there are teams that don't know that. I mean, I remember, remember with the Niners when guys would come from other squads and they'd come to the team and they'd be gassed at practice. Just, just gassed. They were like, dude, you need to get in shape. And, and they were like, you know, going through stuff and everything. And when you see these teams doing conditioning after practice and all this stuff, I remember when I got to the Panthers and um, and Dom Capers was talking about doing that. And I told him, I said, Dom, and, and I literally told him the first the first uh, practice when we were in, in training camp and he was like, OK, after practice, he had us like, OK, we're going to run. And I told him, I said, Dom, I'm going to tell you right now. I said, if we need to run out to practice after being out here almost three hours, then we are That's not practicing problem. hard enough. Yeah. We're not practicing. I told him that. I was like, we're not. I said, we're not practicing good enough. We're not practicing fast enough. We got way too much time into things. And I, and I, I did. I told him, you got to look at that. I was like, there's no reason for us to have to condition. I'm like, we damn near played a game. Yeah. Who, who, who lines up and runs sprints after a game? Yeah, when, no, you're, when, when you, Pete Carroll you be, was out here at USC, I got a chance to go to a couple of their practices, and it was sort of the same thing. Like, let's, you know, we're gonna go hard, we're gonna get after it, you know. Yes, you don't yes. Really need, you know, yeah. You get your you get your work in the way you get your work in. You get your sprints in. You get your reps in. That's even the way you train as a pro. As a pro, I trained the things that I did. Um, it wasn't me getting out jogging ten miles and all that stuff. It was it was it was backpedaling and breaking on the routes the way I had to do. It was it was you know you you drive a five yard route, a three yard hitch. You drive a deep route. You you got to turn. You got to cover the post. You got to you got to cover that deep six routes across the field. You're coming in. You're breaking hard on that slant. Uh oh, it's a double move. You you dig in. You dig out. You train the way you play. It's just about working on your skill set, working on your timing getting things done and advantage in some cases advantage. Well, you know what? I can say this for every team. You, some of your new guys, some of these guys. So let's just go, let's just go BA. You got a first round draft pick. No one really is going to understand how you plan on using him. They won't be able to gauge him. Yeah. His speed. They won't understand really his strengths or whatever till you know a couple of weeks into the season because you don't get seen because you don't got that preseason film to go off of. but yeah. and that's and that but that's every team yeah <laughs> so 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 you know you we can say that for every team they're going to have some guys that you're, you're just not going to know about and there are always going to be some surprises there will always be some guys that'll step in that no one knew were going to be that good no one knew that you know there's always the george kittles they come in that, and no one had any idea that that player was going to be that good. Um, but still, um, it, it, it is, it's the same thing. It, it's a battle of attrition. You want to stay healthy. You want to stay smart. And as ball players, man, that's all you got. Guys are going to, you're going to get your playbook. These are the things you need to do. These are the things you can't do. One of the things you can't do you can't you can't be in the clubs. You can't be at the restaurants. You you can't put yourself in harm's way. You have to follow the part of the the playbook is following this protocol to try to stay healthy because you you know unlike baseball where they can just pull a guy up from the minors and hope for the best, you can't do that you in football, that. man. Yeah. 
You can, you can't do that. There there aren't there people don't believe, but it, there are not that many people on planet Earth that can play the game at this level. They're just not. And I mean, I know you see all these Canadian leagues and all this stuff and everything. I can tell you, every every year I was with the 49ers, the guy who was all Canada, you know, the guy who led the Canadian Football League and and interceptions and defensive player of the year, all this stuff, that guy would come down and they would give him a tryout almost every single season at some point. And he'd get out there and Jerry would rip him a new one. Mm. And he'd be gone in a couple of days. I think one of those guys got an opportunity to come and hang out for he He made the squad and hung out for a little bit for a few weeks. Um, I can't even remember his name. I, I do remember. I, I remember him reading. I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember his name because I do remember. And he read in the sporting green at the San Jose Mercury sports section. He read his name and that he had been released. They hadn't even told him. <laughs> this is pre-Twitter. I, I still remember that. Yeah, this is pre-Twitter. But I still remember that. He he looked at me. He was like, man, is this real? I was like, bro, you got to go upstairs. I was like, it looked pretty real to me. It's a cold game. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, it, it's going to be difficult. And guys just have to follow. They just have to follow the protocol, man. And I, I really don't think it's going to be that hard because um, – Football players really do tend to follow the protocol. I mean, if, if if you ever want to see something funny, just just walk out onto a, a football field and blow a horn. I don't care where, I don't care what's going on. Guys are gonna stop doing what they're doing and take off somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah, because, that's part that's part of it. Because you're just tra- you're just trained you're when you hear way. you're conditioned to hear these noises and you're going to go to the next drill you're going to do certain things and and I say that to say if if you like Anthony Lynn is saying this is what we have to think about you got to worry about COVID you have to do this let's not make that an issue it, it, and, and and there's there are different things that, in different cities um, that you're going to tell guys. There, there are things that you have to tell guys playing in Miami, San Francisco, L.A. for certain that you don't have to tell guys playing in Green Bay or Buffalo. <laughs> no, no, seriously, because there yeah. are some things that just I've, aren't I've available. Been, I've been to Buffalo. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There are some things that aren't available, but now are facts. you can also. But now there are also facts that there are things in those small towns that you have to tell your players about. In the big cities, you could just blend in. And people, because you know, walking in LA, you see everybody. Yeah. So there, and and you see people who look like somebody that you think you know, or do I know this person, or is this person famous? And those are things that in big cities that you sometimes can blend into places and not have to worry about things, as opposed to being in a small town, playing in a small market. I mean, when I played in Charlotte, everybody knew exactly who I was, who my kids were, who my who my wife, everybody. It, it didn't matter where we went. You couldn't go anywhere and not be noticed. Um, you know, that's different playing in L.A. or San Francisco. So, uh, yeah, there are things that I think the guys will be able to handle. Um, you got I I mean, to be mindful. I mean, this is this is obviously a real a real thing. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and, and it's it's little things that you're just so accustomed to doing that, you know, now – you know, you can't necessarily do. Because keep in mind, like, 
you know, when when this whole thing started, it was the off season for guys. So guys have their own little rituals and routines that they they yeah. have in for in season. And in terms of, you know, maybe if there, there's a certain place they 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 go to to get food on a particular night or this that or uh-huh. the other. So uh-huh. you know, all these things. Um, and and, and that's a real thing. Of, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I I would eat at the same place every Friday. Um, Case in yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna. There are just things that you're going to do uh, because, God, you know, ball players are superstitious. So um, they just have to create new routines, and they and they will because ball players are creatures of habit, and they will create new routines, and they will go through with it. Um, and the thing about it is, everyone, every team has to do it. Every player has to do it. It's not like. There is a group of guys in one of the 32 cities that can get away with things that other guys can't. Yeah. There's a question is who 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 is going to do it? I think it's going to be. Yeah, because somebody. That's going to be significant. That's the part that I have said. I find it very difficult to believe that no one is going to come up positive and affect their team. Because it's not even about the players. Because all these things that we're talking about, we're talking about players only. Yeah. We're not talking about their families. We're not talking about their. We're not talking about their training staff. Yeah. We're not talking about the secretaries in the in the building. We're not talking. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, yeah. there, there's, there are so many. There's so many moving parts to a football organization. So many moving parts. And, you know how how is that all going to play out? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you, you and me both. Um, this is the Believe in Forty ers podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Couple house uh, cleaning things. Uh, we talked about Jordan Reed last week. Also, he was a topic of discussion on uh, Story Time with Ed on Friday on on Instagram. Make sure you check that out at Watch Ray Ray on Instagram at underscore Bump and Run on Instagram for my man Ed. Um, the his signing became official. Also, Dion Jordan. Uh, former number three overall pick uh, signed with the Niners as well. Uh, he's a guy that's had some uh, some suspensions, missed the entire 2015 year. Um, it, it played in only seven games uh, last season, um, okay. and so. Uh, but he's a guy that you know from the University of Oregon that you know clearly had a lot of potential coming out. And I mean, who knows if he can just focus on one thing and 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 have that role then. You know, that just adds more and more strength, more and more depth to uh, that defensive line. Um, last we checked on the Kittle news, uh, still nothing uh, as of this moment. Conflicting reports out there. Um, the consensus is that the Niners and Kittle have not come to an agreement, but they are working on it. They're having good conversations. I would be shocked. Yeah, I would be shocked if he signs the deal um six million more than the closest guy that's a lot um well you know what it's no it's not a question of it being it it would be a lot that's number one it would be a lot it's not even about kittle being worth it so whenever i say these things you know a lot of people like you're hating he's worth it this isn't about worth this is this is about i want the team to be good for a long long time and you can pay kittle less and still be good yeah uh you know what i'm saying um but but that can affect you being good for a long long time uh, by by overspending at any position, it can it can it can affect you. Um, but right now, see to to me, it doesn't. It, it, I don't see making that deal because of where the salary cap could possibly be next season. Yeah, wait, a big 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 question mark right there. Yeah, I'll pull back on that. So 
and, and you know, and that, I mean, that's the thing. And it's not overpaying you. You're, you know, you, you're worth what you negotiate. And if that's what they're paying, that's what he, that's what he's worth. I, I just, I just want, I just want to make certain that there's room for the positions that you know, you're going to have to fill coming up soon. Like Trent Williams, that left tackle. Yeah. Well, he, well, Kittle, Kittle's up at the end of this season. Okay. So he's up at the end. So he's this at, is his last year. Yeah. Okay. I got it. I got it now. So now, okay, if he's up at the end of this season, I wouldn't sure. I thought he had two more. So if he's, if this is his yeah, last fi- season, final year of his four-year yeah. rookie so, contract. Yeah. So you got to do the, you got to do the deal. You got to do the deal at some point this season. Yeah. You have to do it. You have to do it at some point. And if they do that deal, then no one should ever, ever, ever question the 49ers paying their players. They should never question that <laughs> because there is no reason to pay him six million more than you know. At the at the other the other position, or I don't see I don't see any other player. I mean, who who else are you going to pay that much more? If Jimmy Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl this season, his deal's up. You go you're going to pay you're going to take up that much more. You going to pay him that much more than um than uh, Mahomes? Absolutely not. And, um, I mean, you know, you're going to pay him six million or more six million more a year than Mahomes. You're going to pay him. I I just I I, yeah, I, 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 just, that, I don't know. I find that one hard to believe. You know, yeah. I mean, you're going to pay Trent Williams $6 million more than the closest guard if he grades out the best in the league this year and then the closest tackle? Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. And I understand. I understand what people are trying to say that Kittle is much more, much more than, you know, this guy. Then, well, Jimmy Ward can say, well, I'm much more than just a safety. Yeah, well, obviously it's a big talking point uh, around the NFL. Um, obviously a huge point of emphasis with the faithful. They they all, of course, want to see Kittle uh, remain in the color. So it, it's something. Yeah, we it's all do. Yeah, we all do. It, um, so it, it's definitely something to watch out for. Uh, make sure you guys look out for uh, Storytime with ED on Instagram Live. Uh, make sure you check Twitter. We'll be posting uh, updates on that. We'll get out on that note. Uh, this has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. For Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. Y'all be safe. We will see y'all next week after Hard Knocks. E.D. <laughs> Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.